Sergeant, make it spin. Spin? Shh, sir, it doesn't spin. What? It has to spin. It's round. But spinning is so much cooler than not spinning. I'm the general. I want it to spin. Now. Yes, sir. Hey, look at that. Hello, I'm Zach. And I'm David. And this is The Other Side of the Gate, a Walking Through the Stargate podcast. We are a semi-regular show where we talk about all of the plot points of recent and even older episodes of Stargate SG-1, how they have impacted or will impact the show moving forward. Uh, we're going to call out things and ideas that you should have been paying attention to. Zach and I have both watched the series multiple times. Uh, I can be a bit trivia obsessive. I think Zach can be too sometimes. And I know we both love it when those little details pop up, knowing that one day they may become something more important. I'm also a bit of a research nerd, and I'm happy to chase down a bit of trivia on the internet somewhere. Now, on our Walking Through the Stargate podcast, Brent and I review each episode in order. Uh, Our last one was uh, Wormhole Extreme. And we're going to be recording Proving Ground in just a few days, I think. Um, Now, on that, Brent is seeing each episode for the first time before we talk about it each week. As such, because he's never seen the show before, we try to stay away from the spoilers so that Brent's experience and reactions can be pure as if uh, this was brand new, which it is, to him. But on this show... Brent's not here. As far as I know, I don't see him. I just got a dog in the room. I don't see any Brents anywhere. No Brents are here either, yes. So, so uh, we are Brent free. So he's not here, so we're going to spoil. We don't have to keep anyone pure. That being said, if you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening now. Indeed. So how do we get a hold of us here? How do, we get, how do you get a hold of us here? Well, we got the email of, I'm not going to spell it out, walking through the stargate at gmail.com. We've got a website at wtts.space. We got the Facebook on the Walking Through the Fargate. <laughs> <laughs> That's you a different thing. You can't edit that one out. <laughs> uh, walking <laughs> Farscape. Yeah, that's another show. Uh, we're not going to cover Farscape yet because we haven't borrowed their characters yet. Not At yet. <laughs> walking Through the Stargate Facebook page group. Oh, boy. We're on Twitter at Stargate Walking, and we're on Patreon at patreon.com, walking through the Stargate. Pretty much everything is walking through the Stargate, except the website, which is wtts.space. Now, I will say this. Um, uh, We have uh, talked it over, Brent and I did, uh, and this is actually probably new to you, uh, David, but uh, we have uh, someone who... uh, uh, kind of pushed us, and we had talked about this, and so we do actually have walking through the stargate dot com uh, registered as well. Um, so you can type that into your search browser as well and find us as well. I think Brent's got all of that tied together now. Yeah, so uh, we do have that. It, that that's out there as well. So uh, even even the website has a walking through the stargate dot com to cool. it. Uh, nice. But. But that said, the WTTS.space uh, is way more fun to say and a lot easier to say. So uh, remember that and everything else. We were talking about the Patreon, and this is important because 
You listeners, uh, at least you first listeners, are, of course, our Patreon listeners. This show is, of course, produced for you as a thank you for supporting uh, Walking Through the Stargate, which includes the Walking Through the Stargate podcast, this podcast, The Other Side of the Gate, as well as Stargate Second Chances, which is what Brent and I do when we second review a second time the episodes. Uh, now, this show as in all of our Patreon episodes, will, of course, end up on the regular WTTS feed so that everyone, whether you are a Patreon listener or not, will get a chance to listen to it eventually. But you, our Patreon supporters, get to listen it, listen to it first and get to listen to it right away as soon as we uh, publish it. Now... Yeah, it, I think it's been a while since we've done one of these, but I'll just say Christmas... That takes up time. So uh, yes. we're, we're about two months since we've done our previous one. But, you know, Christmas. Yeah, so, you know, David, uh, listeners, David asked me uh, last month about halfway through, so when are we going to do this? And I'm like, <laughs> as, as, as drool was like falling down my face and, and I was about to be, you know, wrapped up into a nice little uh, cozy uh, sweater with the sleeves tied behind my back and they were leading me off to a nice soft padded room. Uh, I'm like, can we at least get through Christmas first and then yeah, we who, can talk about things. Who knew working at a church during Christmas would make you so busy? You know, apparently that's what happens when you work at a church, David. I, I guess. <laughs> so part of part of our Patreon request is, and this is for everyone on Facebook who may eventually hear this, or all listeners, is we're always looking for new ideas. Because, you know, you know uh, Zach and I can riff on ideas, and we come up with ideas, but they're mainly entertaining to us. But we'd like to know what y'all think of or what y'all would like for ideas in the show. So if you have any suggestions for some deep dives you'd like us to do, you know, go ahead and email us or Facebook us or, well, don't twit us because that would Brent would see that one and we don't want him to see that. But, you know, True. all the other ways to get a hold of us, please send us your ideas and we're happy to look at them and think about them and see if we can incorporate them. Yep. Absolutely. I would love to hear your... I mean, I'm happy to talk about what I want to talk about, but I also think it would be fun to talk about what you want us to talk about. So uh, let us know if you have any ideas on that. So seeing as this is, David, a Stargate podcast, oh, yeah. at least that's what they tell me. They tell me this is a Stargate podcast. So uh, our subject for today is what we're calling... The exposure of the Stargate program. And we're not talking about the Stargate program flashing anybody. Um, no, we're talking about all the times it leaked. It got out. Yep. Now, whether it was accidental or deliberate or threatened or almost happened or did happen, uh, whether it's to the press or to the public to the government, to the world, and all the consequences and conspiracy surrounding that. You know, I personally love a good conspiracy theory. That's, I can spend time on various internet locations reading about conspiracy theories. I think they're hilarious. I could almost believe them, except I don't. I just like Indeed. reading about conspiracy theories and how the lizard people are running everything on there. But as well, you know, in the yeah. show, there's been conspiracy theories about the Stargate program. Uh -huh. So, you know, that's where we're looking at on here. And now, part of this idea came from um, a couple shows back uh, when you and Brent 
mentioned it, I think, Brent, throughout the... Well, how many times has Stargate program been exposed anyway? And then one of my friends who's talked to me going, Oh, great, it happened again. They almost leaked out to the public. So it was, well, let's go back and look at how many times did this actually happen? And as we were doing this, I mean, holy smokes. I mean, you did most of the work, David. I'll, I'll grant you that as you were collating Found this. But, so many. But holy smokes, this is a long, long list. It's so long, in fact, that we are not going to talk about all of the leaks uh, from the entire series today. That would be uh, too much. No, we're just uh, going to talk about it to where you are on the regular Walking Through the Stargate podcast. We may finish up Season 5 in this discussion yep. here. Yep. So I may you know, mention a connection, or we may make, mention a connection to something upcoming. But we're not going to do the deep dive into Season 6 and Season 7 and the Ori pandemic and how it mirrors you know, what's going on today or anything like that. But it's oh, all gosh. about... Yeah. I didn't need to think about that. Thank <laughs> you very much for that one, David. <laughs> well, you know... It happened. Oh, no, we're okay. just so so. What we need is Garrick to come, who has been transformed into a prior to you know slam his uh, uh, magic staff, staff into down. the ground, and then then just magically heal everybody. Right, and then we will link all the gates together across the universe or the galaxy, and we will eliminate all the Ori. Anyway, that's the future. <laughs> They do that to the replicators, not to the Ori. Well, no, that's well, not true. They, they did do they it to do the Ori. Or... Yeah. You know, but if it works anyway, for one big bad guy, you can use it for two. We're just talking about what's happened through Season 5, more or less. Right. So I guess the first question I have is, how do we define exposure? What do you? What comes to mind when you think of that, Zach? So for me, when I'm thinking of exposure, I'm thinking of somebody who finds out about this... Um, who maybe shouldn't you know, specifically in this case, we're talking about a lot of civilians. Yeah. Like um, Marty, who, Marty. Yeah. Uh, you know, people who um, might have to sign a non-disclosure act, but that doesn't necessarily stop them from saying something. Um, we're talking about the people, uh, you know, somebody knows about the Stargate program and somebody talks to Kinsey. Why? Because Kinsey needs to know a little bit about this. Well, now who does Kinsey talk about uh, to about it? Um, and, and so that type of thing is kind of what I'm thinking about right. when I'm thinking of exposure. Yeah. And that's where I was going. I was going with that as well, but it's also the who does and who doesn't know. And hmm. as I said, we wouldn't be talking about anything past season five, but did you know in season eight, even the incoming president didn't know about the Stargate program. That's true. They had to sit down and have a, uh, there's a whole episode. Yeah, the of, inauguration of episode where they sat down yeah. and said, we need to talk about the Stargate program. What Stargate program? So it's things like that. Who knows? Who doesn't know? Yep. yep. So anyway, first one. Um, now, this is obviously something you haven't talked about on the show yet, but you've watched it and I've watched it. And that is Stargate Origins. Now, I yep. don't want to talk about the quality of the show because that's debatable whether it should have happened or shouldn't. And it happened. It was okay. But this is essentially the Stargate getting activated and people going through it in 1938 with help from the Germans. Indeed. Now, do you remember um, much of that show? So, you know, I remember I've only seen it once. That's enough. Um, 
And, you know, and my, my reaction was, hey, this is a new Stargate. It works. Uh, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's anybody who says it's horrible, I think, is overstating it. Um, it's not horrible. Uh, the acting is generally pretty good. The, the storyline is pretty good, uh, I guess. It, it's been about a year, year and a half since I watched it. And as it's all in the distant past now, it's more of a, oh, yeah, I remember that story. There was a new ghoul, and there was a Harcesis child, and they went to Abydos, and we saw everyone young, and then they took the cheap way out and did a mind wipe. Yeah, that's Mostly, the issue that, that I had. Yeah. And, and I think I've complained about this on the regular podcast with Brent when other sci-fi shows have done this. I hate the mind wipe to get back or the the time travel thing. Oh, just kidding. All of that you just experienced didn't really happen. Um, now, in this situation, it did all happen, but nobody remembers it. Um, well, which is sort kind of. of. Cheap. The uh, Gould, who was in charge of Abydos at the time, a set, did a mind wipe on Catherine Langford, but her quote was more or less, your memories of this time will remain a fog. So she's mm. going to remember the Stargate works and that there's something on there. She mentions the Eye of Ra, and you sh when you send an emissary, send them the Eye of Ra. So there's a little bit on there, and a little bit not, and for the most part, everyone else who might remember it was either mind-wiped or is dead. Right. But it still happened. There was still a Stargate activation in 1938, people traveling off-planet. But as far as anyone remembered, nothing happened, or rather they they vaguely remembered something happening. Right. But that leaves, with, leaves us with Catherine Langford and taking us into the Stargate movie. Mm-hmm. Now, and when we look at the movie here... Um... There's when you when they go when the when Daniel comes into the program, there are civilians all over the place. Yeah, there's way more civilians in the program than there were in the show. Um, and so that begs the question: How many of them are being told about it? Which actually then talks about Daniel Jackson himself, because Catherine goes to him to get a little bit of information and brings him kind of partway into the system. And it's not until halfway through the movie that they even open the door and actually show him the actual Stargate itself. Yeah, he's just some whack job archaeologist with theories. And she mm -hmm. goes, mm-hmm, you might have something there. Let me show you this thing. What is it? We want you to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Now, if you think about it, though, during that time period, there were other people working on it. Samantha Carter was working on the program. She just wasn't there because I think she had been brought in as a research scientist. And Rodney right. McKay might have even been working on it. I don't, there's not an exact time frame of when he was brought into it. Right. But we know in an episode you're going to be talking about very soon that he's been working on the Stargate for a very long time. Right. Just from different point of views. Uh, Samantha Carter's experience is hands-on. His is all theoretical. But it just goes to the... There were so many civilians working at it. How they must have one copy machine dedicated to NDAs. Well, not only that, but it wasn't just in Cheyenne Mountain that they no. were working on it. Because um, uh, Carter was working on it in her work at the Pentagon. Yeah, 
And it was clear that she wasn't just simply locked in a room by herself working on this stuff. She was working with a whole bunch of other people. So at that point in time, this would have been between the movie and the, the series starting, uh, she was working on that stuff in the Pentagon. And so how many people in Washington was she working with? That's an undisclosed number. Right. Um, and everyone's got to be addressed. And it's at about this time between the movie and Children of the Gods where the military takes over. I mean, there was a military involvement. I forget who the general was in the movie, but, you know, we've got a new general in General Hammond who just kind of took it, it as a retirement job. General West, wasn't it? That sounds right. General West. That sounds right. Yep. Yeah. They have said, what happened to West? He moved on or whatever on there. Yeah. But there's yep. more military presence, which brings up another issue of exposure. In that first scenes... There's a, several um, military people, Air Force people, who either die or get kidnapped. Now, what do you tell their parents or their family? Sorry, yeah. so aliens came through the Stargate. Oh, you don't know about that. And they shot them with these. Oh, you don't know about that. And they took them to an... Oh, jeez. Okay, we got to mind wipe you, too. You know, there there is an episode, and I can't remember which one it is, but Hammond is talking to somebody, and they're railing against Hammond, and he's like, Do you see this list? These are all the people of letters that I have to write to family members, and I have to say that their son or daughter died. I can't tell them how. I can't tell them why, but I have to somehow try to comfort them. Exactly. Uh, and that's the issue that we're dealing with here. Um, but, but this leads to strange issues. Mom and Dad gets a letter that their son or daughter has been killed uh, doing some... Deep Theoretically, space telemetry research. Yeah, you know, it's like, wait a second. So, so, what? How, you were underground in a mountain doing research telemetry. How did they die again? Well, we can't say. It's just they died in the service of their country. Ah, uh, uh -huh. they they were filled with bullet holes. I remember that much. How did that happen again? <laughs> exactly. And that becomes really kind of an ongoing theme throughout all this, or an ongoing issue, I guess we'd have to say, of mm -hmm. every person who dies in the Stargate program is a cover-up. Yeah, No wonder there are conspiracy theories on yeah. this. Do you know how many people go into Cheyenne Mountain and never come out again? <laughs> it's like the... Or they come um, out with... A great maw. Big holes in them that we can't make or something like that. Right. So, yeah, we got that issue on there. Um, but if we follow that line in the Children of the Gods, okay, we've set up that military people are going to die, and then we've got more of a military presence on there. But then we come up to uh, the Torment of Tantalus, mm -hmm. which is another early activation of the Stargate program. Right. That so that was hidden. Even uh, Catherine Langford didn't know what happened to her fiancé until that episode. I forget what they said that he just kind of disappeared one day. I think that was her cover, the cover story they gave her. Uh, I'm trying to remember. No, he, there was an accident in the lab and he was like incinerated or something right. like that. There was, Yeah, that's kind of what it, whatever. But it was a big cover story again. Yeah. But everyone who witnessed that back in 1945 had to have a cover-up then. So who has known about this program going back to 1938, 1945, 
1994 for the movie, there's been so many just potential leaks of the program. Yeah. And everything that has to be covered up. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking this, this has got to be something. I mean, already then, as we talk about exposure and we move, move on there, there has to be rumblings uh, about this happening already. Uh, by by the time the show starts in what ninety seven is that right? Um, like that, yeah. And and the the Stargate program starts up again. Already there has to be some rumblings, some rumors. If you find the deep dark spots of the web, people are already they have to already be talking about a Stargate program or a device that will take you to other planets, right? Uh, like this. Even going back to the movie uh, when Daniel Jackson is left behind in Abydos. I mean, he mm, knew people. Mm-hmm. He was an academic. He was, by everyone's thoughts, kind of a whack job because he had these weird theories about aliens and pyramids being landing platforms. But one day someone comes up and talks to him and then he's gone. Now, does no one care? I know his parents are dead. He didn't really have any love life as far as we knew. But surely someone's missed him in that year. Yeah. So there's another cover-up, which is really just what happens anytime someone goes through the gate. they got to be prepared for it. They're never coming back, and what are we going to tell everyone about that? Well, we actually actually hear about some of that with Daniel in um, the episode when we meet Sarah. I'm blanking on the name of it. That's in season... Right. I don't know if you have... Num- I don't remember if you have notes on that. But, yeah. but she... It's like, you know, the, their other colleague, whatever Where his name is. Where have you is. been? Yeah. yeah, where have you been? The last time I saw you were speaking to an empty room. And yeah. he's like, well, yeah. So, you know, he does have colleagues and friends who saw him drop off the face of the earth for a literally. while. Well, they didn't yeah. see it, but yeah, he well, literally no, but... just did drop off the face of the earth. Yeah. Well, through a big hole in space or whatever. And even if he's back on earth, he hasn't come back. Because mm-hmm. he's been back on earth. That, that episode was not too long ago, season five. So he's been back on earth for five seasons. We'll call it five years and still hasn't made contact with his prior life as far as we know. Yeah. So that's the big question of how do we cover up all these things on there? Now, the next one I want to look at is Hathor. Okay. Only because of a throwaway line in there. First off, now Hathor was found in South America and South America is going to become an issue in the upcoming seasons. It's actually... There's three incidents in South America somewhere that have happened. Uh, this one is where they find Hathor. Of course, everyone who found her died, I think, after that. But right. she was just... She walked from... I don't know. I forget where they found her. I don't forget what country. But she literally walked from there to Cheyenne Mountain. Hathor. Yeah. But I Which... love O'Neill's line of... Do we really think anyone's going to believe that a woman, if she goes around blabbing about a Stargate, I mean, I have a hard time believing this woman down on 73rd who talks about little these little devil people living her hair. But yeah, they basically an ancient Egyptian god was walking across the country. And yeah. was not apparently very shy. I mean, certainly by the time she got to to Cheyenne Mountain, she wasn't shy about declaring who she was and what was going on. No, I mean, who um, knows how many people she used think, the pink breath on, too. Yeah. Um, it's actually kind of surprising that she didn't show up with a whole flock of people. 
she could have made a bunch of Jaffa by the time she got there. Yeah. I'm not quite certain why she waited until she got all the way to the Stargate program to start her giant process of things, but... Um, well, she had to make sure the Stargate was still working, I guess. Maybe she was just drawn to it. But yeah, you think she would have been building up her own Jaffa army before that. Hey, you know, we should have them rewrite that episode. It, please. <laughs> <laughs> or but, just you know, cut it. Yeah. <laughs> that works, too. So we um, got an alien... Uh, an Egyptian god walking through the country and no one says anything. Yeah. Hmm. Somehow they cover that one up as well. Yep. What's next? Uh, singularity. Okay. Uh, that's our first... Um... Oh my gosh, now I can't remember her name. Cassandra. Cassandra. I want to say Catherine because it's Catherine Langford. Yeah, Cassandra shows up and they send a little alien girl to school in the end. After she almost blows up Colorado again. Yep. Um, and she's from Toronto. Uh, right. Isn't she going to need some kind of paperwork? You know, I've sent kids through school. I've had to show <laughs> birth certificates, vaccination records. But no. no, no, I'm from Toronto. Oh, Toronto, that's a backwards country. Yeah, they don't have any paperwork there. You know, it's a good thing that uh, people on the planet of Honka speak English. Because well, yeah. the people in Toronto also speak English. <laughs> yes. Well, English is the universal language. Well, yes. So, yeah. So, I guess that would explain her accent. She's speaking uh, with a Torontonese accent. There you go. In her school. But yeah. it, it's just, here's a new student. Where are you from? Toronto? What part? Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you ever been down to this this park? Have you been down to Lakeside Park? No. Toronto? <laughs> what happened to your parents? They're in Toronto? I don't... It just becomes problematic Yeah. to have just someone show up with no background whatsoever. Now, I will say she's got the military. She's got the government behind her. They'll probably phony up some paper somewhere. But now you bring in another government. Not that they're working with the Canadian government, apart from the show being filmed in Canada. Hence the Toronto joke. Um, but they're coming up with phony paperwork, I'm assuming. Probably. So well, you know, the CIA can do that. It's no big deal. It's the perfectly CIA, fine. Do you know about the Stargate program? No, but but <laughs> but but uh, you know, it's perfectly fine. I just need some paperwork for a uh, 12-year-old girl. Um, I just need you to say that she's from Toronto. Where did Toronto, you find this? Toronto. Okay, girl? yeah. Hang on. Okay. Alien girl, Toronto. No, 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 no. Gotcha. I, I never said oh, she oh. was an alien. Sorry, what are you sorry. talking about? Backspace, backspace, backspace. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, she's uh, from Toronto. What's her name? Catherine. No, not Catherine. Cassandra. Sorry. <laughs> Just call her Cassie. Okay. Who's huh. she living with? Um, I don't know. She's going to live with um, Sam Carter. No, she's going to live with the doctor. Make up your minds already. But... Yeah, it just becomes problematic. The more layers you dig into her story, the more problems you come up with on there. But, you know, they'll figure it out at some point. And we'll just ignore that she's a character for four years. I think first time is yeah. Singularity, then it's in season five when she's turning 16. So we just, yeah, we just saw that episode. Yeah. And that's actually the last time we see Cassandra. Yeah. Um, but they do talk backs- about her yeah. um, in future episodes 
Yeah. They so. do, and then, you know. But, you know, the Toronto ones age at a different rate, which is how they explain how she went from, what, 7 to 16 in three years, or however old right. she was, or something you like know. that. So the next set of aliens that come to Earth are the Tolans in Enigma. Now, ah, yes. N- not really much happens because of that, other than they go out and go, wow, you have birds. They just They've go out and have a, a look. Yeah, we don't have flying creatures. Kind of weird planet you live on. Um, nothing much comes of that one. That's been the th- thing so far. Nothing's happened as a result apart from a lot of paperwork. That You got soldiers dying. Paperwork. We got people disappearing. Paperwork. We got little girls going to school. Paperwork. At least we got an alliance with the Tolans out of this one. Right. Now, isn't that the episode when we meet Harry? Mayborn? Yeah, Harry Mayborn. Yeah. So, uh, um, was is that the first Mayborn episode? I thought that was the other NID guy. I'd have to go uh, back and look on that one. There was one uh, NID guy first, and then another one. Right. Well, well in if, any case, if, though, the the NID is, you know, a quasi-military, quasi-civilian organization that's designed for oversight yeah. and the like. Um, right, <laughs> and so that brings a whole lot, whole another issue of, you know, if the NID is designed to oversee, among other things, the U.S. Air Force and its, uh, you know, secret things like the Stargate program, um, how many people does that entail? Yeah, I mean, it's not just Harry Mayborn. No. And and then of course Harry represents uh the the rogue elements of the NID but uh, especially as we see moving forward with uh uh Agent Barrett and others there there is actually a version of the NID that is not uh strictly speaking evil. Yeah. But now, uh yeah. According to the internet the NID's been around uh, longer than the Stargate program. Sure. Um, this site says the precise origins of the NID are classified, but it's likely that the organization was created sometime shortly after the Roswell crash of 1947. So they may have been around for a while, but you know they weren't getting much from this alien stuff until the Stargate program started up. Well, I mean, that begs the question, if they started around potentially Roswell 1947... The first gate activation, well, the second gate activation, if you count Origins as the first, was in 1945, just right. a couple of years so, prior to that. Um, do so they at least they hear rumblings of that? Uh, I mean, the, the the whole thing was basically shut down and mothballed for decades until the 1990s-ish when Catherine was able to start it up again, leading to Jackson and such in the movie. So who exactly. knows? Chances are they knew of it as well, but saw it as a dead end because they couldn't get it to work. So it was just another bit of alien tech that they kept locked up at the bottom of a mountain uh, yeah, with guards yeah. around. Yeah. Because, you know, you put guards around something that doesn't work. Hmm. Naturally. Well, you know, if it's dangerous, you got to put yeah. guards around them. Yeah. Um, even if it appears to be innocuous and dangerous at the same time, yeah. because that's how things work. But it is essentially bringing in another layer to the conspiracy, another group 
that we have to um, keep track of or that is keeping track of and another hole to plug. Because uh-huh. as we know, the NID has their own agenda pretty soon, or actually already does probably. Well, definitely, definitely. Uh, well, now, after Enigma, we get to the episode Politics. Um, Which, for a clip show, I think is a pretty good clip show. You know, I think that Stargate as a show, as a series, uh, does a tremendous job overall with their clip shows. Uh, they're all, cl- I mean, those. if it's a clip show, it's a clip show, and it's a clip show. Yeah. But, but as clip shows go, they're pretty solid episodes, pretty good, for the most part. I, I like this episode because it does bring into this idea that it's not the Air Force. It's not the military. It's not the NID. It is the government. And with Senator Kinsey, as evil as he is, um, it is a secret program that only a few know about. But mm-hmm. it is a program that is getting funded and people are aware of what's happening. So the question is, who knows about it? Right. We know that the president knows about it at this right. point in time. Because he and, needs to know. Yeah. Uh, presumably, uh, one or two members of his cabinet know, but unlikely do all of his cabinet members know. Right. Um, well, we know from future episodes, like people, uh, like the chairman of the Joint Chiefs knows it, the head of the Air Force knows it about the program because, you know, they visit. We'll see a later episode where the chairman of the Joint Chiefs is a briefing the president on the Stargate program. So True. people high up know, but I don't think really everyone in the government knows. It's really just a deed to know, which goes back to the big conspiracy theory of everything. Right. And now, of course, the whole, is... the, the whole issue with politics is that Kinsey has so much power because they're unwilling to make the whole project public uh, such that, you know, very, very few senators. There might be one or two senators total who know about this. Right. Uh, we even, it's suggested here that he is the chairman of the Appropriations Committee. Yeah. And they tell him, but nobody else necessarily on the Appropriations Committee knows right. precisely what this is. What so, do you need $3 trillion for for this off-books program or whatever it was on there? Yeah. So, so. he actually does have a point. No, he's in charge of the money, and mm-hmm. he has to justify why we're spending all this money. You may not like him, but he definitely has a point in all this program. You know, what good is this program to us right now that i got to keep everyone in the dark around it, not tell them about it, but it, tell them, yeah, there's a black hole we're throwing money into, and you don't get to know about it. Right. Right. Now, we know Kinsey becomes a problem in the future for his own reason, because this power does go to his head. Mm-hmm. At some mm-hmm. point, and, you know, you'll even be uh, a ghoul at some point. But, you know, that's way down the future that's, from now. I have no idea what you're talking about there. Oh, yes, you do. Print oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, wait, yes. Of course I do. <laughs> okay, so that moves us into season two. Right, um, we got, uh, well, end of season one was the cliffhanger. I can't remember the episode. It's out of fire, or into the frying pan, whatever. But it was uh, into the serpent's grass, right? Or in the circ- serpent's, serpent's grass, grass, but then the serpent's lair. Then the serpent's right. lair. And the big issue I have in the grand conspiracy theory is this one is really public. Yeah, there are two hatoks over Earth that explode. Mm-hmm. 
there are, quote, reports from all over the country that there's a huge fireball in the night. Yeah. Okay. And, well, and, and these Hatak vessels were close enough to Earth that anybody who had a reasonably good telescope and pointed it in the right direction could have picked up these ships. Exactly. And you don't need a telescope to see huge fireballs in the night. So exactly. we got that. And now we're bringing NASA into it as well mm-hmm. because the space shuttle has to go rescue four people in death gliders who are just floating in space. Yep. Because they got out of the ship. You know, it's, um, I forget the exact arrangements, but, you know, it's Braytac, it's Teal'c, I think it's Sam Carter and Jack O'Neill. Yep. I think that's how everything yeah. lined up on there. They're in death gliders. And mm-hmm. here comes the space shuttle Endeavor. So there's another round of NDAs, and that well, the uh, space shuttle is coming up there. At least the uh, NASA program falls under the U.S. Air Force. So true, kind of, sorta, yeah. But I can just imagine they get an order: you need to launch now. Why? I can't tell you why. You need to launch. You're going to go there, and okay, the space shuttle pilots are up there. <laughs> We're advanced now. What the hell is that thing? Well, yeah. well and. I mean, this is 1998. Yeah. So if a shuttle launches, people notice. Yeah. And Huge if a shuttle were to launch unscheduled, people takes would a notice. Work. Yeah. Yeah, so there's an unscheduled shuttle launch. Mm-hmm. After two fireballs appear in the night that is visible to everyone. Yeah. So this secret program that Kinsey's worrying about just got a big public exposure. Right. Because, you know, so is NASA in on this now? At least because some people in NASA are. Some people in NASA are. I mean, they got to accept the cover story because at least the space shuttle astronauts are going to go pick up two people in spaceships. Mm-hmm. Was it, would a death glider fit in this space shuttle? I don't think space? so. I don't know. Do they tow them? The, because we we de- never so that was one of my no, questions when the episode aired uh, i don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast at this point in time but there we know that the shuttle picks them up and then we see them on earth and everything is fine and hunky dory but uh, uh, uh there is no discussion about how they get out of the gliders and into the shuttle at this point in time and that's just a hand waved over. Yeah, that that's a, a good point, and we know that gliders do make it to Earth because they they're visible in Area Fifty One at some point. Yeah, and we do build the X three hundred one off of that as well, or maybe in other death gliders. But well, no, yeah. those are the two death gliders that make the X three hundred one. Yeah, but would uh, Apophis have built in his you know recall device at this point? Yeah, because <laughs> he built it obviously. Uh, he would have put that in there as soon, basically at the beginning of of season one, yeah. um, when we get there. Uh, but in any case, that's a, that's a different rabbit hole, David. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it is. But now the payoff for this one is we got two death gliders. True. Which is really given a kickstart to our own space program. I mean, our own Stargate-inspired space program, because we'll get the X-301... 
eventually we'll get to the Prometheus and the Odyssey and all the ships based off of all this technology with a little yep. help from the Asgard at some point. So at least whether or not we know how they got them back, we get something right. from this one. Yeah. And then the big risk of the exposure there of, you know, two Hatox exploding near Earth. Well, and then, and then you get it established uh, that... Well, we talked about it in Touchstone. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, then we have but secrets. I, yeah, and I bet that this is just some reporter going, okay, there was a space shuttle launch, unscheduled, after fire. There's something going on here. Yeah. So a reporter gets the goods on Stargate Command and dies as a result of it. Uh, although I think they did say the NID was involved in it. It's still kind of sketchy, obviously, whether the NID did it. And Hammond denies everything. I still seem like Hammond was involved in it, if you ask me. I, but, uh, you know, I have it, that one's a hard one. Yeah, Because, it was. you know, I, I don't think... Well, obviously Jack wasn't involved in it. We know that much. I have a hard time believing that Hammond was involved in it. Although, well, I think yeah, but, if Hammond was involved, I think he would have told Jack. Yeah, it just seems he like he may not he have told giving, everybody else, but he would have told Jack. It just Jack, seemed I like think. he was giving a I can neither confirm nor deny speech. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that also brings in Jacob Carter. He's saying, well, mm-hmm. I can get you into NASA. Okay, if NASA already knows about the Stargate program. I don't know. And then it brings up the cover story of the uh, deep space radio telemetry that she's getting, Sam Carter's getting an award for. Right. And, you know, Carter is pretty, uh, Jacob Carter sees this and, you know, he calls her out on this. So like Something's a bit hinky here. What's going on here? Uh, something to, you know, you could probably brush up on your cover story. And, of course... Sam is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And Jacob's uh-huh. like, uh-huh, right. I'm not going to press you on it, but uh-huh. So, yeah, someday you'll tell me, my loving daughter. <laughs> yes. Even even the cover story of this. Um, yeah. Well, also, the, the award that they receive is an award that is uh, actually an award that, that's given out to people through to do valorous actions wasn't the president himself supposed to give her the award yeah 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 um for but then deep space radio telemetry yeah what what kind of valor i mean you know i'm sure there's something wonderful and good about deep space radar telemetry but but uh uh is that a valorous activity is there valor in i mean you know so so there's another layer of conspiracy of strange military people who are never heard from, show up from nowhere, get an award from the president, and then disappear again. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, these awards are public. It was going to be a very public award ceremony, too. And then someone dies at the same time. And then, whoa, hush, hush. Now, the next one, Bane. Bane. Mayborn wants to take Teal'c. And Teal'c yep. almost turns into a bunch of bugs and goes wandering around in public. And, well, and this is... tears his symbiote out of his gut um, on the road. Yeah. L- I, mean, I mean, the guys in the truck that were driving him knew about it, so that's not such a big deal. But, um, you know, 
he sees a lot of people and a lot of people see him. Yeah, and he's not even wearing his hat. Yeah. Yeah. So um But it does go back to the NID's um issues that they want Teal'c. They see, well, he's gonna die, so give give him to me give him to us. Yep. And so obviously they have their own research facilities as well. Which but begs even just... more scientists and whatnot. Yeah, more exactly. But the less said about Bane the better. Fair enough. So then we then we got uh, <laughs> the two Tokra episodes where the truth is revealed to Jacob Carter. Yeah. And then he just disappears. He's in a hospital. He has yep. cancer. He's dying. And then he's gone. Which could easily be, uh, you know, covered up by just saying that he, in fact, died. However... Yeah. Uh, as you have a note there, he does have a son. Uh, Samantha has a brother. And Mark. there is a future episode where he goes to see Mark. Yeah. Um, they and... were on the outs at the time. Right. So it was probably just Sam going, Dad died. But now they got to come back later and go, No, Dad's fine. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I don't think she said that. But it's just another point that they don't address of a high ranking military guy. In the hospital, dying of cancer, just ups and vanishes someday, one day. Yep. Yep. Plus, you know, we got the toker on all that. Well, yeah. So, it's it's a leak. How many people in the hospital do they have to talk to about this one? You know, I much suspect more... in that situation, most of the people in the hospital could have been uh, kept in the dark. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, because it's... if you have a guy who's dying of cancer, and then you know, and he's retired Air Force, and if the Air Force comes and takes him away and takes him right. to somewhere else, that could easily enough be explained That's away true. for a hundred different reasons. Yeah, they're uh, uh, so taking that for hospice up, care. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a military hospital too, so they've probably seen their share of things. Um, one of the things that we did kind of uh, cover up, or we kind of glossed over here, is. Uh, in the line of duty, um, oh, yeah. when Carter becomes a Guawuld herself, and the the hospital in uh, Colorado Springs is filled with a whole bunch of alien refugees. Oh yeah, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> well, we, then we just got to go back to um, Children of the Gods, where they bring you know caveman and Egyptians and ancient villagers to the Stargate and say, well, find you a home, get you back yeah. to their planet somehow. But, you know, we got to figure out where that is because we just figured out the Stargate goes to another planet. So, yeah, yeah they want to roll back to that one. There's a lot of aliens that have come through, and then there's the alien who was chasing Sam as the assassin. Right, and he, you no, know... No, that wasn't puts... Jolinar, was it? Was that Jolinar? Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, after the Tok'ra... Uh, the next episode. Let's get back on track here because we've got, we're only we're not even through halfway through season two here. The next episode is Touchstone. Right? Touchstone. What happens there? Well, we uh, got Bernie Whitlow, Hammond's contact, who owes him one. Oh my yes, and he's got his ears to the ground for everything on that. Yeah, one. there's a conspiracy to keep General Hammond from talking to the president. Mm-hmm. The NID has a DHD in. Utah. They stole the Stargate from Area 51. They made a fake Stargate. You, 
at that time, you couldn't 3D print a fake Stargate, especially not one that big. So they faked a Stargate. Yep. And they were running their own program. Now, I yeah. know this is after we found the second gate and they got the DHD. I would have thought they would have brought the DHD into Cheyenne Mountain because much better than their device on there. But, you know, they did. They put it in Area 51. So the NID is running their own program. And as a result of that episode, weird weather patterns across the country. Yeah. Um, I mean, all of this, these weird weather patterns and the like could easily enough be explained in other ways. But the one who is predisposed to the conspiracy theory, the one who has got the crazy hair and the wild eyes and the, the pieces of yarn strung across his uh, uh-huh. map-strewn wall, uh, is definitely connecting the dots here and bringing everything down to Cheyenne Mountain. Uh, we had knows. explosions yes. in the night. It was a mysterious space shuttle mission, and now the weather is acting up. It's a conspiracy, I tell you. They're out to get our brains! <laughs> They're going to put snakes in our head! Ah! Well, actually, yes, they are. Actually, Someone's trying to. Somebody's trying to, yeah. Actually, there's two sides that want to do that. The Tok'ra want to put snakes in you, but they're good snakes. Well, they want to make sure that you know the ramifications and are perfectly willing to do this. Right. But they're Most still going to the put time. snakes in your head, yeah. Well, yes. When it, su- when it suits their purpose, because they are still gold. Yes. Yes. They may call themselves Tok'ra, but they're still ghouled, and they still think they're superior. But they yeah, that that's part of the government conspiracy there. You know, can't let Hammond talk to the president, and someone's running another Stargate program. Yep. Like, yeah, that's that's a good one. And then in Holiday, we got Macello as Daniel, just wandering around Colorado, meeting pretty girls, buying them hamburgers or milkshakes or whatever it was. Now, no I one will thinks say... that odd. I, I will say that as a, I mean, assuming the episode we see is more or less the extent of what Macello does, it's definitely odd behavior, but it's relatively low key. It's yeah. uh, not you know all over the place. So that one uh, could easily enough be chalked with up to uh, strange behavior or you yeah. know. Uh, honestly, if I didn't know better, I would look at this and say, clearly we have somebody who is mentally ill, um, probably suffering from Jackson. some sort of, well, yeah, but <laughs> but most people wouldn't know Daniel Jackson from anybody, True. so they just see somebody, um, you know, the big question is, you know, in, in three weeks from now, when Daniel's at the grocery store buying, you know, a loaf of bread, uh, and somebody's like, Weren't you the crazy man a week ago, three weeks ago, who yeah, or bought he meets everybody? A girl he bought lunch for or whatever, yeah, and said, you know, "Hey, how you doing? It's been a while." I'm sorry, I have no recollection of you. That was my uh, crazy twin brother. Right. <laughs> of course, you know you. I mean, Daniel ends up in a psychiatric ward on multiple occasions throughout the True. series. So, so, you know, <laughs> he's a known quantity at least. There gotcha. you go. Yeah. So, and then the last bit of odd exposure we get in season two is uh, 1969. Now, that's more in the past where they once again activate the Stargate. 
So before the whole Stargate program begins in 1994, there have been three gate activations. 1938, 1945, and 1969. Yep. And they go back to Catherine Langford, and uh, I call this one the grandmother paradox, because they started hinting around, and I'm wondering if she started thinking, huh, Stargate, I haven't thought about that in years. Maybe I should look into that again. Well... No, this is the this is actually I think it's actually probably true is that yeah. it was in 1969 when this enigmatic German shows up talking yeah. about a Stargate that gets her thinking about it again. Yeah. Um, now that episode begins with uh, Hammond recognizing that uh, Carter had you know cut her yeah. hand, and so from from Hammond's perspective this is this is not a back to the future type of space no. travel or time travel thing this is you know it is a complete loop yeah uh, the, of things. he's been waiting almost 30 years for this one right um but that begs the question you know has he noticed anything um yeah. in that time frame uh did did he kind of take this information and uh, use it to kind of, I mean, this sounds sinister, yeah. but maneuver himself into a general position. Yeah, maybe he heard about this program running out of Cheyenne Mountain and go, hmm, I wonder if this has anything to do with that mysterious yeah. encounter I had in 1969 where I got a note or I wrote someone a note or whatever it was on there. Right. So, yeah. So, it, it, two incidents in the past leading to the program in the future, potentially. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, they they started themselves. I'm my own okay. grandpa. <laughs> okay, so wow, it took a lot longer to get through two seasons. You know, than I thought you you should always expect. So I, we have learned now three times that that, we, that we have you know x amount of information, and it's going to take at least twice as long as we think it will be to to yep. talk about it. Yeah, um, and I. I talk for a living, and I should know this. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, season three. Season Seth. three. Seth. Seth. Oh, yeah. This is a big one. So, uh, we got a ghoul living on Earth, uh, a cult leader. We got a raid by the Air Force on a cult compound. I'm sure that didn't raise any suspicions, particularly when it was what, was the FBI had gotten involved in their own investigation. Well, and the ATF. Oh, yeah, it was the ATF. Regardless, it was not the Air Force. Right. They were doing that. And the Air Force comes up and says, we're in charge now. What? Why? Yeah. Reasons. So what uh, do these cult mem- members remember? Because they weren't brainwashed. They were enthralled by Seth, but they weren't really brainwashed by him. Well, I, I so... don't think they had any Hathor effect or anything like that, did they? Yeah, he had that, he had that oh, drug. Yeah, yeah that's um... true. It, it was similar to what Hathor You're right. did. You're absolutely um, right. I forgot. But, but it doesn't affect their memories. No. So they they get zapped out of that. And now we do find out from Tommy or whatever his name is, after he kind of comes out of that, that things are a little bit foggy and he doesn't quite remember exactly what's going on. So, you know, you might be able to... Uh, you know, convince him and others yeah. that this is just kind of a, a weird haze from the the power and allure of a cult yeah. leader. 
Um, but, but what do they remember of him? Yeah. Now, but they found Seth because uh, the ATF had a file on this guy that said right. he liked to do all of this and this. And, and oh, by the way, some reports say that his eyes glow. Glow. The ATF yeah. have that on record. Yep. I mean, it would make sense if they knew that information that they would put that there. But yeah. And there then there's a Daniel Jackson's internet search of a cult of Satesh has been around for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. So again, that tinfoil hat guy is going, explosions in the night. We've got a cult leader. We've got an Egyptian goddess walking through the New Mexico deserts to whatever. So yeah, someone's picking up a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Potentially. Uh, and mean, then who knows about all the uh, unique weapons that were used there as well. True. Who saw all that? There was, well, uh, you know. Yeah. They... I mean, the, the the cult members all knew how to use a Zat gun. Yep, they did. So, so they're going to have memory of that. I don't think the ATF or the other people saw the Zat guns or any other interesting weapons, but they know something happened there. Right. It was big. There's also because... a ring transport in that building. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. So... Weren't the cult members transported through the rings? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now, the ATF never got into the compound during no. the episode. Yeah, they were held off. But, you but, know, yeah, someone's going to have to be deprogrammed. Right. Yeah, it, it, this the the list of people who have some kind of knowledge of this program is rapidly growing exponentially. Or knowledge of aliens on earth and government People get yeah, it is yep. growing. We just got a big boost by a bunch of cultists now being released into the wild. Yep. And then we have foothold. So foothold, we've got the aliens taking over the SGC. Uh, you've got uh, Carter trying to escape and going outside of her chain of command um, to Mayborn in this episode. Um, they do manage to keep most of this contained um but who knows yeah who knows it, there it, are some things that happen in public in that one yeah there's more mysterious deaths there's the meetings in washington mm -hmm. and yep. we got the um oh what do we want to call them the uh disguise devices uh, yeah you put I it on it makes you look like anyone else yep but that's that device is going to show up in season six. True. They're going to use Megan. They're going to use it to frame uh, Jack for uh, for killing Senator Kinsey. Yep. Who isn't that's dead, true. and that's Jack true. didn't do it. Yes. But they will show that it is the same from the aliens there. So this aliens coming in and doing stuff, um, whether or not anyone knows about it, we get something out of it at some point, or at least, at least it hurts us a little bit later on. Yep. Yep. And th then we have our next South American or Central American episode of Crystal Skull. The giant aliens. <laughs> giant smoke aliens. I, I don't think in the episode they ever called them Quetzalcoatl, but I know most of the internet refers to the smoke aliens as, or at least that one is Quetzalcoatl. Right. But it's another incident of someone leaving a hospital and never coming back. <laughs> in this case, it was a grandpa who had conspiracy theories. Indeed. And was talking to people about them. 
and then some military people shows up and he disappears. Very, so, yeah. 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 And he never returns. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Well, he sort of leaves with his grandson. Not really. His grandson was there talking to him, but, you know, that goes to the further craziness of the whole thing there. But it's another, well, there's some guy who, he was spouting off nonsense, and poof, he's gone someday. Oh, well, more paperwork for me. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that, By the that. way, did you know his grandson had conspiracy theories as well? Because he was involved and he disappeared. Wait a minute. What's up with this family? They just keep dying or disappearing. Well, so so our conspiracy theorist with his strings on the wall has run out of an entire skein of yarn and has moved on to another color. <laughs> yeah, and he I think he took all his stuff to a warehouse now because he was run out of room in his library. Probably. Probably. Um, and it's about to get even bigger when an Asgard ship crashes into the Pacific in Nemesis. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, all told, the that's that's all there is in terms of what we're talking about in that episode. But, yeah. you know, I mean, we had two giant fireballs in the night sky um, in episode uh, season one. But now in season three, we have a fireball that crashes into the Pacific Ocean. Oh, it was and, just a, a meteor. That's all it was. Right. But uh, we do know that the Russians pick up the Stargate from the the, uh-huh. the ground. And while the ship was destroyed, um, there was at least one replicate, apparently just one replicator that survived. Um, right. But there was debris. I mean, there was at least one piece of debris that that replicator was hanging out on at the end of that episode. Um. And that suggests yeah. that there were other pieces of debris. Where did those debris ended up? They would have ended up on somebody's shore sometime, somewhere. Right. And why did they have to call in the Air Force to handle an incident on a Russian sub? Yeah. And since when does the Air Force carry heavy weapons like that anyway, at least on Earth? I don't know. But yeah, that's that's a big setup there in Nemesis and in Small Victories. Mm-hmm. With the Asgard ship and then the Russians, I think this is where they get their Stargate. It is, yep. Yep. So, it, not huge public, but definitely some big public issues. I mean, uh, okay, we got a spaceship, but not too much people standing around. But again, like Hatak's blowing up in space, we got another odd incidence of you know spaceships crashing. Won't be the last time either. Well, but then now also the Russians have. So like the we, Russians it's established, have a Stargate. They have a Stargate, and they also we established later on that they had a DHD from uh, Egypt through the 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 Germans. Um, well, but, no, did they? So oh, yeah, they yeah they had right. the DHD. They had the uh, Egypt Stargate. Yeah, they uh, had the Egyptian DHD and the Egyptian the, DHD. The one um, in Area Fifty One was the Antarctic DHD. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so now the Russians have a Stargate program, and we'll talk a little bit more of that in a little bit. But right. how many people in the Russian system know about this program? Well, we do or know, know about we'll... the, these events. Yeah, well, we yeah. do know in the episode Watergate, um, when they have problems, they just tend to kill people. They, they don't worry about paperwork. Yeah. Um, but there were plenty of other folk, yeah, uh, who who weren't, weren't there in, at, in there yeah. who ends up end up uh, you know who don't die, yeah. So, 
Yeah. But that's kind of outside of the U.S. control or the Air Force control because that's another government running their own program. True. But it are, so, it, there are people now on the planet Earth who, I mean, this, this secret thing uh, is becoming increasingly more and more not secret. Exactly. Now, in between small victories and Watergate, we have upgrades. That's true. Yep. It's a fun episode, but the main issue with that one is you got a four superpowered people running around Colorado eating a lot of steak and Just causing three. problems. Just three. Three. Oh, that's right. It didn't work on Teal'c. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Just three people. No problems on there. But yeah. Superpowers on Earth. They don't yeah. overly use them except a huge order. And didn't they get into a small bar fight? They did get in a small bar fight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You were drunk. That's not what happened. They weren't superpowered. All right, whatever. Yeah. So then we got Watergate, and then Marty in the point of no return. See, I'm not just interested in outer space. I'm actually from outer space. <laughs> um, but Gotta actually, I think this episode. is the point where where the showrunners. Um, are willing and able, and this is what I like. One of the things I like about this episode, uh, and Marty as a character, is this is this is that point where they say, "Okay, we get it. This is a secret program, but there are way more people who know it, know about it, than we want to think about." And so this is, so I think, have their way of yeah. So let's have fun with it. And um, this is our tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists that we've been talking about. Well, yeah. not really, but you know. This is that guy who's been watching everything, and it starts to all make sense that, I think I'm from outer space. No, I know I'm from outer space. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, when they check out his house in that episode, um, you know, his from his, his uh, journal entries to yeah. the toothpick in the windows uh -huh. and, and, and all of these other things that he has done um, just... He's definitely a conspiracy yeah. theory nut job. Yep. Yep. But he's also correct. He's also from outer space. Right. And he put all the pieces together and he's figured it out. Maybe not the Stargate program, but, you know, he's got enough information. That mm -hmm. He's a problem. But, you know, we'll get a payoff from Marty coming up soon. Absolutely. Well, maybe, uh, let's see. Then we got Tangent with the X301. Mm-hmm. Um. My question is, you know, they um, they had to go rescue O'Neill and Teal'c right. and bring them back to Earth in a Teltac? Yep. Now, a space shuttle landing on Earth, they can keep the the secret bay closed and hide death gliders. Where exactly does a Teltac land? So, the Teltac at least was cloaked. It was invisible. Yeah, I guess. Um, I guess. It's so, convenient. It, oh, it, it's very, very convenient. My issue with this episode is the test pilot, the piloting of the X three hundred one. Yeah. Um, you know there there are places in New Mexico and Nevada that are you know the, the there's a reason why Area fifty one is is in New Mexico. Right. But um, they weren't testing in Area fifty one, were they? No, they were testing it. Outside Colorado Springs, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, so here you have this alien-human hybrid ship flying around, 
densely populated areas in the middle of the Rocky Mountains. Yep. Uh, and, you know, I, I live in Southern California. I've seen a stealth bomber f- fly by. And when something new is flying by, it makes noise and you notice. Yeah. So, yeah, this little thing, which flies incredibly fast and does some amazing movements, someone saw it. Yeah, good secrets yep. there. We yep. got a perfect testing environment. Nah, let's let's just do it outside, outside Cheyenne Mountain. Just you know, step outside, watch this. Yeah. So good job there, guys. So well done. Not a lot of secrets being held there. No. Uh, the next episode we have here is the curse. The uh, curse. And we 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 uh, mentioned this earlier. This is of course the episode uh, where we meet uh, Sarah. And Jackson goes back to his friends and talks to them. And they're like, so where have you been for the last four years, five years? And he's like, Um, I've been around. Yeah. Really? How come you haven't published? You do anything here. What's going on? Yeah. Friend just mysteriously reappears out of nowhere. Yep. After a mysterious death. And then... Someone disappears and someone else dies, and then after a quick travel to Egypt, something happens there. Oh, yep. and there's people at the university who died as well. Yep. So more deaths that got to be covered up, more disappearances, more reappearances mysteriously. Yeah, it's just I don't. I imagine there's just some one person whose whole job is to try to cover up everything that happens. He just goes. Oh, he went where? Yeah, he went to a funeral. <laughs> Who did he speak? He found a. He found a. Oh, jeez. Okay, I'm gonna need the long form. No, the long form. Because we. Oh God. Yeah. No, how many yep. people died? That. Yeah. That's the form. That one right there. Yeah. Bring me that one. Yeah. No, okay. Better grab I, two. We might need two. <laughs> yeah, I think there's at least two two dead and one disappearance, not including that one and mysterious artifacts. Okay, I'm gonna need form. I, I, we need a new form that we're going to have to come up with right now. Yeah. Now, I so, will yeah. say that in this episode, uh, the only artifacts that they found that were obviously or apparently alien were the canopic jars and then uh, the little one that, that became the key. And yeah. all of those uh, ended up in the hands of the Air Force. Right. And, and I think the only other person who saw it died. Right. The woman um, who went to go get the jar. You ever seen writing like this before? Yes, I have. Yeah. Now I will say though that there were some email address or emails going around um, that oh, some of these geez. artifacts were ten thousand years old. Uh huh. And you know some of that was tried to be covered up by some folks, but yeah. now there are other people there who realize that they've they have independently verified some evidence that confirms. Uh, Jackson's wacky theories from way back yeah. when. Uh-huh. And our replacement conspiracy theorist is hacking into educational emails after, you know, some famous anthropologist dies and archaeologist and an archaeologist who had been off the planet as far as he knew for the last five years shows up to his funeral and then people start dying around. or looking into this one. Yeah. Well, and then, and then when uh, Osiris leaves at the end, uh, you know, she gets into a giant spaceship spaceship and flies yeah. off so uh-huh. no the fact that there was a giant googled spaceship in the middle of egypt's deserts 
uh, I, I'll buried like under ten buried. feet of sand. That that I I'll buy that. <laughs> I I won't I won't argue that one too much. Um, but um, you know, a ship uh makes a lot of noise when it goes off into space. Uh, somebody would have noticed it. You would think like an X three hundred one, like an X three hundred one, exactly. Yes. Blasting off into space. Yeah. Okay. And this time it's a real alien ship, not just one that looks like an alien ship. So, yep. yeah, that's another problematic. And of course, the big problem with all this episode is we got a new villain, Osiris. Yeah. And I mean, I will say that we did a get a pretty good villain out of it. I mean, yes. Yeah. And so. Osiris will be an issue for a while. You, we've yeah. got a big Osiris issue coming up for you guys. Yep. And, you know, I'm happy that uh, when it was all said and done, they were able to save Sarah and get Osiris out of her. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm glad that that story uh, ended that way. Uh, but it was a good storyline, uh, good story yeah. arc for that character. But so. Yeah, but that's another cover story. But, of course, you'll probably buy into go, Yeah, I know we can't talk about it. Well, I mean, Sarah walks away from that remembering that. Yeah. Um, but in any case, that that's that's a whole another podcast. Yeah, that's a yeah the whole Sarah Osiris story. That's yeah. a big story there. All right. So, so the next 2010, episode. 2010, uh, not much there because it's a future that didn't happen. Yeah. But it is kind of a look into what happens when the when the program goes public. Yeah. You know, it's only in their time frame. Like 12 years in their future or so, 1998, 1999, whatever. So they show kind of how accepting the populace would be if the program did get exposed. Yeah. So while nothing really comes of it in terms of the overall storyline, it is an interesting artifact of, well, if we told everyone about it and introduced some nice aliens, you know, within 10 years, everyone's going to be cool, right? Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It'll be fine. We just tell everyone that happened, and we'll make Kinsey president. So yeah. So yeah. So nothing there apart from it's a positive sort of kind of okay. We know that the uh, I can't remember the name. The aliens are uh, the causing Ashen. trouble on Earth. The, the Ashen. Ashen. Yes. The Ashen are uh, causing problems. But it was still an interesting look at how accepting the public became in. 10 or 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. Then we get into Prodigy. Now, Prodigy is a really interesting episode. I like the episode. It's good For episode. a number of reasons. Yeah. Um, it gives us an insight into Stargate's, the Stargate Command's recruiting process. Mm-hmm. That they're just out there looking for bright people. And we know there's a lot of Stargate teams. They're not all Air Force as well. There's a Marine Stargate team. But this is one of the ways they go out looking for new people to join the team. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting to look at that, but it's also more civilians. Because we've got scientists living off-planet now. Yeah. So it's more scientists. I'm going to be on a research project. Oh, where are you going? Um, Colorado? <laughs> what are you going to be doing? Uh, looking at lightning bugs. I don't know. Something like that. Deep Space Radio Telling? I don't know. So so there's another death to explain of, you know, death by alien lightning bugs on another planet. Yeah. It, it so, David, it was a moon. Moon, you're right. It was you're a right. moon. Oh my gosh, how could I forget that? Yeah. Oh, that okay, I take everything back. But this this list, you know, increases 
So we have what at this point in time, twelve SG teams. We've got um, a permanent or semi-permanent base off planet, right? That has uh, three primary scientists who probably have at least a couple of staff members. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. and got a supply chain. And there's somebody that they're sending research stuff on to Earth back to. So now there are there's science groups on Earth, and one thing actually we didn't talk a whole lot about it uh, in Bain, but uh, uh, they bring in Doctor whatever his name is uh, to help with Teal'c, uh, right. you know, yeah, O'Neill or J- Hammond Dr. is Lee, like was it? Uh, Timothy. It wasn't Lee. I mean, yeah. in Prodigy, Dr. Lee is there. Right. But they just keep bringing in experts. Yeah. You know, get and anybody I, okay. you need and we'll, we'll, we'll get them here. Right. Um, we'll get them and we'll NDA them and it'll be fine. Yeah. So the list grows. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't know about the program at this point? Nobody doesn't know about the program. Ugh. So we're almost caught up to uh, real time, as it were, or at least real time on the Walking Through the Stargate podcast, because yep. we're moving into season five. Ooh, season five, which Ascension. begins with Ascension. For yeah, this. so we just got an ancient wandering around Earth, doing stuff, it's... building a Stargate. So I'm just imagining the uh, the FedEx drivers. I'd like to see his Amazon shopping list. Yeah. Um you know, so there, there's a lot going on here, um, uh-huh. to, you know, for for the tinfoil hat guy, yeah, you know, uh, Martin's uh, second cousin once removed, yeah, um, is is having a field day with with these stories that are popping up, yeah, and someone on sciencesupplies.com is looking at what the heck is this. Whatever, just fill the order, don't ask questions, or he's just going down to the radio shack before they went out of business and buying stuff as well. Yeah. No, he wouldn't be doing that because he didn't have Sam's credit card. How did he pay for all this? Um, She must have had her credit card Yeah, on, and he figured it out. You know, you know on file yeah. at Amazon. Yeah, right. I think Amazon at the time was just selling books. Oh, so. let's see here. Amazon, this would have been 2001... Yeah, you wouldn't be buying all of this stuff from Amazon at that point in time. Not a lot of online shopping in 2001. Not no, no. Not, n- not zero, but not as much. Um, well, isn't this about the time of the dot-com boom or just... Yeah, it is. There so, was definitely businesses and stuff like that. Yeah. About the time Amazon starts to take over, I guess. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot of interesting things being bought and shipped to a house in Colorado. Yes, and an odd guy walking around all stalkery. Oh, yep. isn't that cute? But, you know, that happened. Yeah. All right. Moving on. The next episode is Rite of Passage. and Cassandra has a boyfriend. Yes. Cassandra from Toronto. I mean, who mysteriously gains superpowers, knocks out a light, and falls over after he kisses her. Now, all of that, you know, can be like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, you know, that, that could easily enough be explained away to the boyfriend. Yeah. Um, but that also begs the question, um, you have a teenage girl 
who uh, is dealing with typical teenage angsty stuff um, and is certainly at least testing the boundaries of what she can can't do. How well do you trust this girl to keep her mouth shut? Yeah. And she is from Toronto after all. So, well, you know, know, I mean, you got to be careful with those Canadians. They're, yeah. 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 But I guess she's kept the secret for a while. It's just another mysterious incident. I mean, there's only one person who saw it. And then the hospital she gets rushed to is deep under Cheyenne mountain. Right. Well, my issue is, is not specifically this event, uh, who noticed or saw something in this event, but how many of her close friends, whether it's a boyfriend or not, yeah. um, does she finally sit there and say, "So I'm I not have really from Toronto a story to tell you, and you can't tell anybody else." Uh huh. Um, you know, do, I mean, that would be hard to believe. So you know, she would have to be. She wouldn't be doing that to just anybody. Um, but. You know, that, you know, it could have happened. It's, yeah, it's, you know, that type of thing. Teenage um, girls talk. Yeah, and it's, it's a big deal. Uh, yeah. You know, she started, you know, the first, I mean, if she's 15 at this point in time, now still 50% of her life was spent on a different planet. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is going to affect her. Yeah, tell us about your childhood, Cassandra. Well, well I, I, I'm from Toronto. We didn't have dogs in Toronto, but I have a dog now. Yeah, <laughs> we we would hope that she you know she kept her kept her secrets, but yeah, there's a big chance on there. And then when things like this happen, mm-hmm. what's the boyfriend gonna say when later on he has to go? So that was weird. What happened? Yeah. Who knows? But you know, we'll never talk about this incident again. I guess that is true. That we that w- yeah. we will not ever talk about this episode again. Yeah. But it does lead to some interesting questions. Yeah. Um, and then we have the Russian Stargate team messing up again in the tomb. Yep. You know, so um, far we've seen them have two programs. Now we know they've had other Stargate programs, expeditions, whatever. But the two that we've seen go poorly. Very true. I mean, yeah, and we know at some point they're just going to go, oh, never mind. Yep. But yeah, this is just another case, but this is the U.S. military can't cover this one. Now we got to rely on the Russian government to co- cover up mysterious deaths on another planet. Right. Can we see his body? No, he no. was eaten by a giant spider. Yeah. yeah. What? No. No. Well, uh, um, I don't... Did I say giant spider? No. To the gulag with you. <laughs> Who knows? Yikes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just more cover-ups, but we're relying on someone else to do it. Yep. Um, now that leads us to the next episode that we talked about this season, Desperate Measures. Yeah. And this is, of course, an episode where we have Adrian Conrad, um, who knows all about the Gould program, all about symbiotes, knows all about the Russians being involved in this stuff. Um, at, this is the point where you really start to see uh, the ramifications of all of these little tiny nicks and cuts and, and leaks and, and yeah. questions coming up because now not it's no longer the tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist who has this information and is running with it. You have 
intelligent businessmen who are successful are finding a way to turn this into profit for themselves. Right. And we have the NID being involved in it as well. Indeed. So they've gone beyond, well, they've already been running their own program or tried to, but now we've got the new guy in charge of the NID and he's helping this. Yeah. And I think if you look at it from a certain point of view, this is a setup for the organization that becomes known as the committee, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. um, business people and NID people kind of running their own program on there. Right. Now, and the this... leaders of these all recognize that the money-making potential of the Stargate comes if you control who knows the information. Right. So they are also doing their best to keep this uh, under wraps, but you still have a whole nother several layers of people who hear about it, who learn about it, who right. study it, who you know read the files and all of that. You got the doctors who are involved in it trying to transplant the gold. You've got his assistance. You got the payoff that they were able to trace to uh, Mayborn. Yep. And plus Adrian Conrad, a well-known businessman who was, I don't know if it was public that he was dying, who's going to disappear. Well, at the very least, it was uh, implied that he was, I mean, yeah. fi- people figured he was probably sick and right. dying. Um, and then when he disappears, because he's got the gold inside him, uh, and his girlfriend is dead, um, uh, do they, do they just say that he actually died or does he just disappear? Yeah. Yeah. That's not actually determined. We'll see him again in a few more episodes and then in season six. So Adrian Conrad's going to be a thorn in our in Stargate side for a little bit. Yep. But as you said, it just shows the layers of all the leaks because you now business people are getting involved. They've sniffed around. Right. And the government in some cases, or at least the NID is trying to bring them in on there. So that's that's a problem. As I said, this ties to a couple storylines. It ties to the committee, which ultimately leads to the trust, which involves leads to the ghoul on Earth. And it also ties to another uh, season six episode called Nightwalkers, but we'll save that for yeah. part two. Uh, and that leads us to Wormhole Extreme, and we get to say Extreme. hello to Marty again. Extreme. Yeah. Sorry. And we all know and love this episode, and the big takeaway from that, I'm you almost got to say... If it weren't for the big spaceship at the end... You could almost take this completely in canon, but when that spaceship at the end shows up, oh my gosh, that's a problem. Yeah, um, that is definitely um, a reality that would have had major ramifications, but uh, because of the the comedy uh, and the celebration of the 100th episode of the series... Um, Nothing else comes of that. Yeah. You can't say this episode isn't canon because it happened. There's no mind wipes and there's ramifications of it in another hundred episodes. Right. But yeah, that big spaceship's problematic. Now, all of this is also then, um, you know, you have to think that, like this is mentioned that if the Air Force didn't want this to go ahead, it wouldn't have. 
So right. now the Air Force is looking to find ways of plausible deniability. Exactly. Right? That's, that's the other cool part of this thing, episode. Is that when we talk about uh, this issue of of uh, exposure and whatnot, uh, this becomes one of the ways in which the Air Force is trying to be proactive in navigating these little yeah. tiny leaks and uh, bits and bobbles that are coming out uh, in a way that uh, can protect them a little bit. Right. Which goes back to an earlier episode, and forgive me, I can't remember the one where they had basically the head of the Air Force come in to the Stargate program. I mean, mm. literally, the actual guy right. coming to the program. Isn't kind of is the same thing. Uh, I don't... Maybe it was Prodigy. It it was just one of those, you know, we're bringing the actual Air Force to our show, and I know the Air Force did serve as consultants on the show, so they're taking a real-life thing and re weaving it into their show kind of right. a couple layers deep on there. So, yep. yeah, it's, it's the cover story now. No, everything you've heard, that was just that TV pilot that you were hearing about. You're just remembering it wrong. Yeah. There's always been a TV program in development somewhere about some space program. Yeah, they made that pilot. Do you remember it? Oh, the people in production. Yeah, I remember that. They tried some real-world special effect. I think it was a giant balloon. They had. I don't, it looked cool. Yeah. Well, and and then of course when when we look ahead to the 200th episode, we discover that Wormhole Extreme uh, did really well in syndication, yeah. and yeah. it was canceled, but then brought back, and then just ran did for. They a, I thought they only made one episode of Wormhole Extreme. Well, there there was something more to it that I, I, I can't remember. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been, been a long while time since I've seen, seen two hundred, and that's a long time. But in my you're future. right; there was a fan base for it. Yeah, for this show that got canceled really quick. Uh, kind of, I think they're going like with Firefly that yeah. was only on for a very brief time and got canceled. But there's a huge fan base for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's your your cover story and your issues along with that. Everything just blamed on that one. Right. Okay, so now, that moves us to Proving Ground. Now, this is where you are in the show right now. Right. Now, the last three we got here for Season 5, that's all kind of future stuff, so we don't need to get too deep into that. We got Proving Ground, which ties into the uh, Stargate Command's recruiting process, uh, going back, time back to Prodigy, because we'll get a revisit of the character from Prodigy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good story, but you don't you don't need to share too much of your thoughts on that one, but it's again part of their whole recruiting process. I haven't watched this episode this time around. I mean, I obviously I've seen it, but yeah, uh, I, I won't. So we'll, we'll, Brett and I are going to talk about that this Saturday, I think. Right, uh, and but it'll it's, probably be it, fr Friday when I finally sit down and get a chance to watch it. It's the same issue they have with everyone. They're bringing people into the program. They're telling them secrets, and these people, these recruits, and they're not boot recruits they're not privates they are in some cases officers who are being brought into the program right. and they have the possibility of washing out yeah because that's a plot point oh he's gonna wash me out of the program well you know about the program so there's another set of okay you're not part of the program but you gotta be quiet yeah yeah that's a it's a big deal yeah Oh. And then we have the episode 48 Hours, yes. which uh, brings back Adrian Conrad, oh, yeah, yeah, brings back the yeah. Russians, yep. 
And it brings back another civilian scientist, this guy, uh, what's his name, Rodney McKay. I don't think he's going to be a big character. Well, it introduces but... Rodney McKay. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's another civilian. Yep. Um, an NID safe house. Who knew there was such a thing? I assume there was. And uh, we blow up a DHD accidentally. Oh, and yeah. That's... That's only part of the story. The whole part of the plot of the story involving Teal, we don't need to talk about there, but um, it's this one is where the Russians scrap their Stargate program and insist on working in conjunction with Stargate Command. Right. Out of Cheyenne Mountain. Yep. So is anybody going to wonder why there's a bunch of Russians going in Cheyenne now? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, well, you know, those Russians, they need to help with the deep space radar telemetry. Yeah. Because, you know. yeah, they're an award-winning program. Well, yeah. And then we have uh, SG-1's uh, episode, Armageddon. I mean, uh, Fail Safe. Fail Safe. It's, it's um, not Armageddon, it's Deep Impact. Come on. Yeah, but it, yeah, I think I've seen that one. <laughs> I, I like they at least acknowledge the, those shows. Yes. Uh, they, they riff on both of them, actually, with yeah. the burying the bomb in the meteor and whatever on there. But... It kind of has the same problems of Hatox blowing up in space and um, Asgard's spaceships crash in the ocean. Mm -hmm. We got something visible. Yeah. An asteroid just shows up. Now, I haven't seen this episode in a long time, but is this the episode where it begins with some civilian amateur... Uh, Skywatcher noticing yeah. it come, and then the the you know vehicles in black come and kind of pick him up and whisk him it, away. Exactly. Is that how yeah. it begins? Yeah. Okay. There's something that just showed up, and it's going to hit the Earth. I've got to tell everyone. No, you don't. You got to be quiet. Yeah. But something that large, um, you know, we read news stories about there's an asteroid that's going to intersect Earth's orbit in five years or 20 years it's got a less than zero percent chance of striking the earth we get these stories on the internet yeah i mean there is an asteroid called apophis in our world that is going to intersect earth's orbit at some point or has at some point but you no know, so yeah an amateur astronomer saw it but something that big uh according to my own internet research would be visible with the naked eye Oh my goodness! That close, yeah. So it's not just a little rock; it's a huge rock that you know got thrown at the Earth. So we'll steal that story from um, Starship Troopers. (laughs) Uh, So someone threw a rock at Earth. We know who did it, but I won't spoil it. Uh, Well, we already spoiled it. Um, But then it just disappears and reappears on the other side of the planet. So do we gotta have the whole Earth sign in NDA now? Well, because you would think this made the news. Okay, yeah, they hit, they kept, they got the guy, but I don't know. Yeah, it's... well, I mean, even if that made the news, that wouldn't by itself uh, expose the Stargate program. No, but it would ex- gives the conspiracy theorists a little bit more because there was oh, an sure. asterisk, then there was a big flash of light, and then it appeared on the other side of the Earth. That's true. Aliens, I tell you, it was aliens. Aliens. And they were giant. The giant aliens. Giant smoke aliens. Not the little gray ones. They're, they're doing something else. 
Not the one with the little gold seal on his head. He's doing something else. Yeah. No, no. The, yeah. Not the snaky guys. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, the snaky guys. That's who we're talking about. Yeah. Right. So. And that's just through season five. Goodness gracious. That, that took us, you know, that's like 90 minutes of talking about that. Yeah. Just to get through that. Just season five. Yeah. Not Atlantis. Not Universe. Because Atlantis has its own issues. Mm-hmm. As does Universe, and even by the time Universe st- shows up, it's still a secret program. Yeah. Yep. So someone is doing a good job plugging all the holes. Well, doing it enough that that average Joes like you and me aren't um, fully cognizant of what's happening. Yeah, funny you should say average Joe. That was not an accident. <laughs> <laughs> Because we got Homer Simpson who's been watching the Stargate program for seven years. That's true. Uh, we don't find that out until you know quite a bit later. But throughout yeah. all of this, we do discover in that episode that he is witnessing these very events happening uh, and writing time, yeah. about them and writing yeah. about them. Uh, but that yeah. is a story for another day. Yes, um, which is why we're gonna say. And here we end part one. Yep. Yep. Uh, we will. Um, right now, our plan is probably to dig through this part two next time we have the other side of the gate. But let's be honest, something could happen. You, dear Patreon listeners or non-Patreon listeners, could have something mind-blowing that we should talk about. And that would change our plans. And you have Absolutely. that kind of power. So wield it. Use it. Yes. You can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. Come on. I want to see. You I want to hear you. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Walking the Stargate. W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. There you go. Walking through the Stargate at gmail.com or on the Facebooks at the same stuff. Not Twitter, because then Brent would see it. Yes. Or whatever place. If you want to send me a telepathic message through the devices that the average Joe has access to, you want to set up a string board on the internet somewhere exposing all the theories, we'll find it out. Yep. You got something you want to tell us, please do, because we want to hear from you. Yeah. And, And, of course... Uh, put stuff in the comments on the Patreon page. Yeah. That's also another way that you can tell us things. So by all means, if you've got an idea, let us know, and we will definitely put it on our our list of things. So and if we miss something in that five season recap, let us know. Yeah, there might because I know even up to today I was come up with ooh what about this ones. So if we miss something, let us know. If you got something else upcoming, you want to. Let us know. We're happy to hear from yep, you. Absolutely. Um, well, without further ado, uh, this has been a fun uh, little jaunt through the first five seasons and the exposure of the Stargate program. Thank you, David, uh, for you. your work on putting this list together uh, that gave us something to talk about. I really appreciate it. Um, absolutely. It Thank you for giving me an outlet for my internet time. Absolutely. Well, you know. Um, so that was really good. Uh, again, thank you very much for supporting the podcast. And uh, with that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm David. And this has been The Other Side 
of the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. We have got the best jobs in the world, don't we? I'm going to hit the shower. I'm going to find the doctor. We are indeed suitably employed. <laughs>